Check, check. Awesome. Well, good evening, guys. Um, it's so um, such a blessing to be here with you tonight, and we are excited to share with you a little bit about what the Lord did through the Chicago High School and Junior High service team um, this summer. So um, for those of you who may not remember, um, a couple months ago, or about a month now, I believe, uh, we uh, were going to do this, this high school uh, service trip with our youth um, to Chicago, right? And we were going to go to Cicero, Illinois, and serve with an organization called ICI, right? And we were going to go with um, Maranatha Baptist Church, and we went actually with um, Sarah and Andrew Shear, the pastors uh, at Maranatha Baptist, and... Um, so our goal tonight is just to give you a little idea and a little taste of what God did with this team this summer, right? And so what we're going to do is we're going to have a kind of a Q&A session here with uh, myself and the youth, and the goal is to go ahead and just show you a little bit about what the Lord did. So Timothy, can you go ahead and post that first slide? Awesome. So this is, this is our team here that we took with us. Um, but before I, I jump into it, I want to give you a little idea about what uh, our, our goal was when working with ICI. So ICI is a group in Chicago that uh, ministers to uh, single parent families and just the families in Cicero um, in the summers. They run a day camp. It's kind of like a VBS style day camp where, where they uh, share the gospel with the kids and, and they reach out to the families and, and they, um, they do gospel ministry there in, in Cicero. And it's a great opportunity for other churches to join them, right, in serving um, the kids and the families in Cicero um, through these VBS-style camps, right? And so for a couple months, right, we as a team, we got together and we prepared to go and run um, this day camp during the week um, with ICI, right? And we joined with the team from Maranatha. We had about, I want to say, you know, we had nine teens total, I believe. Or maybe it was, let's see, just do a quick count. <laughs> It was close to nine. I think that's about what it was. Um, so we had nine teams. We had two teams, right? One from Maranatha and, and one from Cornerstone. And if you're wondering what the link is between those two teams, well, um, Aaron, uh, Andrew and Sarah, they're uh, my in-laws, right? And, and uh, we, we know them through our family. We're able to serve with them there, right? So a little bit about ICI. Well, we already covered ICI, but I want to tell you about our plan a little bit. And initially, we were going to go um, Sunday, July 2nd, to go and start this day camp on the Monday, right, of, of July 3rd. And this day camp was going to go on Monday and then Wednesday through Friday. And then Tuesday we were going to have a fun day on the 4th of July, right? But we were going to run this day camp, right? Well, it turns out that the Lord had a, another plan for us, right? Um, and, and so initially here we are going to talk about this, um, this change of plans that we had. So what had happened was Sunday, right, we were getting ready to leave from Cornerstone. And... We actually left Cornerstone, the team from Maranatha and the team from Cornerstone left on Sunday afternoon around 2 o'clock to go to Chicago. Well, on the way, we actually received a phone call from ICI's president saying that the ICI building had about 3 to 6 inches of flood water in the basement, right? And so, so just imagine that, right? Like, we're getting ready. We, we had this plan to go in and serve with this ICI um, organization to do this day camp, and for the moment at least, it seemed like um, our plans were being changed, right? And so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to kind of go through uh, the trip and how everything turned out, and I'm going to start with asking a question to Micah. Micah, what was your initial reaction 
when we got this news that we were no longer going to be um, doing what we thought we were doing with ICI. Uh, you me, can I put my phone up? Oh, you can, absolutely, yep. And then you might want to turn on your mic. Uh, your I think I'll turn it on. All right. So, God can hear me right. <clears throat> so I felt when the unexpected happened, when we all got into the van for the first time and we met each other, uh, and we were like in Richmond, Indiana, like at eight o'clock, and then Mr. Andrew, well, Pastor Andrew, got a call from ICI saying they had they had a lot of rain and they had flooding in the houses, <clears throat> and then he told us that the news, and we were all bummed, and I just remember we were all laughing and being and having and being joy, and he told us <clears throat> that, and we were quiet for the hour, and he talked. And we could, wait, hold on. And let me start. He could, all right, all right hold on. Oh. <laughs> my fault, my fault. Uh, could help us then. All right. We could help them through the flood situation. I just, I just needed to trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on his own understanding because God had a great plan. So we went on that Tuesday and we had the best time of our lives with the people in Cicero, Chicago. Awesome, thanks Micah. So just to kind of recap a little bit, what ended up happening was uh, we, we went home Sunday night and we were awaiting word if we would uh, be able to go to Chicago or not. We didn't know what we were doing. We thought that the trip might be canceled altogether and we were waiting on the Lord to make his plans clear. Um, Andrew was working with um, BJ, the coordinator at ICI to figure out what our next steps would be. So we were kind of in limbo that Monday, right, the next day, trying to figure out what exactly um, we were going to be doing. So, Timothy, can you go ahead and move to the next slide? So we ended up doing some VBS painting at Cornerstone that Monday, and we were able to come and serve the church while we were waiting on the Lord to make his plans clear. Right? And so we were able to get involved there and, and really um, help, help the church get ready for the VBS that we were going to be doing over the summer. And then thankfully we got a call, right, the afternoon that we would in fact be able to go to Chicago and help with flood relief, okay? And so what we were going to be doing was very different than what we thought we were going to be doing originally. What we were going to be doing is we were going to be working with the ICI staff to clean up their facilities, right, and to go into the homes of the ICI missionaries and to help them recover from their flooding. And so that's what we ended up doing is we went and we helped with flood relief um, and we really saw the Lord um, move in such a way to give us a ministry in Chicago and then give us the strength to fulfill that ministry. And so we're going to learn a little more um, about how the rest of our week went. Um, the first thing that I'm going to ask um, in regards to how the rest of our week went was I want to ask Audrey, what was it like to serve with the team from Maranatha while uh, we were serving with, uh, that week? Oh, yes, that would be great. So um, the first day, we became quick friends with the Maranatha team, but thinking we would never see them again was very disappointing and discouraging. But as we traveled the second day, we became closer, um, became even closer. God showed his care for us as the disappointment turned into friendship and thankfulness, as if ICI did not flood, we would have had to been split up and would not get the chance to become super close to the Maranatha team. Cleaning, um, demolition, 
uh, slow meals and devotions every morning allowed us to get close, um, to get close and encourage our fellow teammates. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, Kim, can you go to the next slide, please? Yep, so that Tuesday, the 4th of July, we ended up having the opportunity to both travel to Chicago that morning and then enjoy the day together um, in Chicago. Right, and you see a couple of pictures here. Right, this is, uh, the picture on the bottom is a picture of us at the Navy Pier in Chicago. Does anyone uh, know anything about the Chicago area? Has anyone been there uh, to Chicago before? No? Okay. So, yeah, basically it's, um, it's a big old, you know, it's a port city um, and, uh, on, on Lake Michigan. And this was a Ferris wheel, right, overlooking all of Chicago, and it was really beautiful. And that's the Chicago Bean, right? It's a big old, um, it's a big old bean, right? And you could see our reflection there. And it, it was a really cool experience um, with the teams to help them kind of gel together, right? Because they were going to be serving with one another for the rest of the week, right? And so it was a great way that the Lord provided a day for us to just kind of unite the two teams into one through this, you know, shared enjoyment of fellowship with each other. Um, during that Tuesday, right? And so thank you, Audrey, for covering a little bit about that. And now I want to hit on a little bit about our time in the Word during the mornings, right? Because every morning we had the opportunity to go through um, the book of Judges together, right? Andrew uh, led a devotion for us, and, and the teens were able to, to hear from the Word of the Lord every morning um, from the book of Judges. So, Allie, can you share a little bit about what you learned from our time in the Word during the week? <laughs> All right, so something that stuck out to me is that God uses the smallest of people and the unlikeliest of things for his plans. During our study in Judges, we learned of how unimportant and wimpy Gideon was and of the fact that he was basically the least in the whole nation. But God used him to do great things, and this shows how powerful God is so that he receives the glory. Thank you, Allie. Yeah, so the time in Judges was really encouraging to us as we looked into the Word and, and saw more about how the Lord uses the most unlikely people to accomplish His purposes, right? And just seeing um, the dependency that Gideon had to have, right, in the Lord for strength, right? And he was fearful, but the Lord still helped him to um, accomplish His purposes. So next, I want to talk a little bit about the work days, right? Wednesday through Friday, we split up into three different groups, right? One group was at the main ICI building, helping them clean up their main facilities. And then we sent two different groups to two different houses um, where the missionaries were actually staying, and we helped them with their flood relief. So, Tim, if you just want to kind of cycle through the next few pictures. So that's Micah, right? He's, he's doing some drywall there, or some um, trim, right? Because all the trim in the house was destroyed, so, or at least in the basement, so they, they put in some new trim. You want to go to the next one? Yep, and so that were... Uh, that was at the main ICI building. We were making sure that we got all the floors uh, sanitized from the flooding because, you know, when you have little kids running through the building, you know, during the week, it's like you better have a sanitized area. Yep, and that was more of the work at ICI, at the ICI building, just cleaning things up, right? And we, we sanitized all the furniture, and we, we had to vacuum the carpets, right, and get the chairs um, all sanitized. And that was actually at Nick's house, which is one of the missionaries there at ICI, right? And so we had this basement. We pulled everything out of the basement. We let it dry in the sun, right? Um, and, and that was really a, 
really a time where we, we really learned how to rely on the Lord for strength because there was a bunch of wet, wet material that we had to get out of that basement. And it was, it was not fun at times, but <laughs> the Lord really gave us the strength to do it. Yep, and so this was some of the demolition that we did um, at Nick's house, right? So we tore up all the carpet. We tore out the drywall that was all ruined, right? The carpet all the way up the stairs, right? And we were able to really, really bless the missionaries there and helping them recover um, their basements and move forward with some of their repairs. Okay, I think, yep, so that's, that's something different. We're going to hit on that later. But for now, let me ask... Let me go ahead and ask Micah. Micah, what was your favorite part about working this week, and how did you learn about God through working? All right. uh, my favorite part of the Chicago trip was helping with the ICI ministry. With the flood, my favorite part was at Nick's house, seeing how fast we ripped up the wet carp soaking carpet, which was really fun, and just bonding with Nick's family and friends. The Spirit was with us and helped with a serving heart. Awesome. I got. Thank you, Micah. And Allie, I'm going to ask you the same question. What was your favorite part about the work days, and how did you see the Lord work and show up for you that week? I remember too, though. <laughs> so most of it was working on the day camp building and helping some of the workers with their basements. And during this cleanup, I had an awesome time fellowshipping and creating new relationships with everyone on the team. That was probably my favorite part. And it was really sad to turn around that Sunday, but the Lord used it for good, and we got to serve in a way that we didn't think we would. We know for sure that the ICI ministry was blessed, telling us we got done in a week what would have taken them a couple months. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Allie. Right, so you can see just from the testimonies um, and from the pictures here, that the Lord really uh, used us during that week to bless the ministry there at ICI. And I'm very thankful for that because, you know, initially when uh, we turned around on Sunday, I personally um, was not sure what we would be doing. I had no idea. I thought the trip was canceled, to be honest with you. But the Lord really provided a way for us to serve and to bless the missionaries there in a time when they were really struggling, right? Because can you imagine running a day camp all summer long just to have uh, your ministry cut short by this major flooding? Can you imagine how discouraging that would be to you if you're attempting to reach the community in Cicero? Um, and can you imagine how encouraging it would be to have a group of Christians, right, to come alongside you and help you recover from those uh, floods, right? And so it was truly a, a wonderful time to encourage the missionaries there in a way that the Lord knew they needed to be encouraged that week. And, and he placed us providentially there to serve at ICI that week so that we could serve them in this way. Okay, so Timothy, you can move forward to the next slide. We also have the opportunity to do some clubs, right? Some summer clubs that ICI was still able to keep on going. And I'm going to have Rachel share a little bit about the clubs that we did during the week. So the first night that we were serving and cleaning up, um, we served the junior high kids. The uh, second night, we served the high school kids, and the third night, we served the elementary kids. So it was really fun to kind of um, uh, get a taste for what the different kinds of groups were going to be like, and it was really cool that we still got to hang out with the kids um, when we weren't sure what uh, serving the serving was going to look like after the, the switch from um, the day camps to 
the uh, service trip. So it was sweet to be able to still play games, eat snacks with the kids, to participate in the Bible study. Um, even though we didn't teach the Bible study, it was really, really cool that we still got to sit and listen and get a taste for um, what they shared to the kids and how they, uh, they ran um, sharing the lessons. It was really, really cool to um, share the gospel with some of the kids. Um, oversee different activities. I know for the elementary, the elementary uh, group, this one, we had a bouncy castle, and we had like soccer going on, and we had bottle rockets going off. Um, this is one of the lesson times that we had. Um, we're actually uh, one of the kids from uh, the Maranatha team uh, shared a story of Jonah, and then um, it was really cool to see what just what the summer day camps are all about uh, for ICI. So, Thanks, Rachel. So I hope you gained a sense of how we were used this week during the summer. Um, I hope that you're encouraged to hear and that we were able to bless the community in Cicero and bless the ICI community. I also hope that you were encouraged to hear how the team right, grew, closer, grew closer together throughout the process and how they were able to rely on the Lord for strength, even though they were doing some labor that they were not anticipate doing, uh, anticipating doing, um, but the Lord really worked in their lives to give them the strength to accomplish um, his purposes. So I just want to close um, out of Philippians 2. Um, this is a passage that, um, reflecting on this week, I was really um, encouraged by. Philippians 2, uh, starting in verse 25. Um, Paul is talking to the Philippian church. He says, I have thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. Right, so what Paul is talking about here is the Philippian church sent to him Epaphroditus to minister to him from Philippi, right? So Paul was a missionary on behalf of the Philippian church and the churches in the surrounding regions, and he was greatly encouraged by Epaphroditus, right, who was sent by the Philippians church for the express purpose of encouraging him as their missionary. Right, and continuing on in the passage, if we drop down to verse 29 and 30, so receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Right, so Paul viewed the ministry that the Philippian church had to its missionaries very seriously. And one thing that I was really encouraged by during this week was the fact that while we were not exactly engaging the community in the same way that we thought we were going to be, we had the opportunity to bless and encourage the missionaries there at ICI. And sometimes, right, those are the kind of moments where we are truly, right, fulfilling um, the, Lord's, the Lord's purpose for the church to its missionaries, right? We are called to encourage our missionaries, to exhort them. And to lift them up, right? And I would just encourage you, be thinking about how you can encourage the missionaries here at Cornerstone, right? Pray for them daily, right? Um, maybe if you can, reach out to them and encourage them in any way you can, right? And I think even looking forward to the Japan team that's about to present, you know, I, I, I believe that, that you were able to bless your missionaries that were there in Japan, as well as reach out to the community. So now I'm excited to hear about uh, the Japan trip and how uh, the Japan team was able to serve the Lord.
All right. So let me get my stuff set up here. So I'll be talking uh, here uh, about our trip to Japan. And uh, so uh, I'll be sharing about the team that went, when we went. Uh, for those of you that uh, were paying attention to our plans uh, before the trip, you might notice that the end date there is August 8th, which is not what we were originally planning, uh, but the Lord had other plans. Uh, so uh, before I really begin, I'd like to read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 15, which says, Because if you believe with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless someone is sent? So one thing I want you to keep in mind as we uh, share about the trip that we uh, had to Japan is uh, Japan is a place where there's uh, very little uh, gospel witness historically and in many ways even today. Um, so uh, this evening we want to share a little bit of how um, we were able to uh, proclaim the word a little bit, but uh, we'll also be sharing about, about some ministries there that they're still there today. They're they're proclaiming the word day in and day out uh, to the folks there in Japan. And so really for us going there, we were coming alongside and assisting uh, the ministries there. Uh, this was not so much our show as us coming in and, and, and helping them with the ministries that were already going and already established there. So go ahead and go to that first picture, Timothy. So... This is the team that went over there to Japan. Uh, on your right uh, is Matthew Summers, uh, and then moving to the left, uh, we have Sam Caton, uh, who's here this evening, and then there's Abby Smith, and then there's Caleb Dingus. Unfortunately, he's not able to be here this evening. Um, uh, then there's Shari uh, holding the Henderson's little girl, Lena. Um, that was a pretty common sight to see one of the team members holding uh, one of the Henderson's children uh, throughout the trip. Uh, then behind Shari is Sam Vine, and on the left is myself. So uh, go ahead and go to the, to the next slide. Okay, so as far as where we actually went, uh, here on the left you see uh, a map of Japan. If you look here, in kind of the center part of the big island, 
you have Tokyo, and then just uh, north and west of Tokyo is Takasaki. Uh, Takasaki is the city where uh, Little Light Coffee and Little Light Church is, and that's the main area of ministry for uh, Josiah Noel Henderson and their ministries there. So, uh, actually back, Timothy. Uh, <laughs> getting ahead of me. All right, so for uh, our trip, um, we flew into Tokyo. We spent a couple days there uh, seeing the city and, and getting to experience some of the things there. Um, and then after uh, a day and a half in Tokyo, we went up to Takasaki and spent, uh, I guess it was uh, eight full days there in Takasaki. And then, uh, so that's where we did the VBS and uh, really the rest of our ministries there. And then uh, we took a train back to Tokyo and flew out uh, directly out of Tokyo. So that's kind of the, the schedule of our trip in a nutshell. Um, and something that will come up later is when we were in Takasaki, we were staying with uh, host families. So uh, either with missionaries, uh, so like I myself was staying with Hendersons, um, but some of the others were staying with uh, the families of church members uh, there in the Little Light Church. All right, so uh, for this presentation, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Japan, some of the stuff we got to see, uh, and some of the stuff about the culture there, and uh, also the condition of Japan spiritually, uh, both in the uh, broader society and then also the church. Uh, and then after that, uh, Abby is going to share about Little Light, uh, the church and the coffee shop. Uh, then Matthew is going to share about the VBS that we were uh, able to help out with. Uh, and then Shari is going to share about some of the other ministries that we were a part of while we were, were there. And then at the end, I'm going to come back up and share some prayer requests as to how you can be praying about uh, or for the ministry there. So, uh, Next slide. There's a lot of cool stuff uh, that we got to see in Japan. I could probably spend an hour just talking about the cool stuff we got to see and enjoy. Uh, this is a view of Tokyo from uh, uh, Lookout Tower. Uh, Tokyo is incredibly dense. So basically, each one of those buildings you see there is probably five stories tall. And then the ones that are a little bigger are 10 or 20 stories. And Tokyo is that way, uh, basically, as far as the eye can see. Um, that's just how, how big of a city and how uh, populated, how dense it is. Um, but that's not all of Japan. Tokyo is kind of its own thing. Uh, Timothy, go to the next slide. So if you go out to Takasaki, uh, this is a lot more of what you'll see. You'll see houses, uh, which are different than American houses, but are kind of similar. Uh, and then uh, this little patch of green stuff there, that's not grass, that's rice. Um, so they have a little rice field right there, essentially in the middle of town. Um, 
streets are narrow, things are different. But uh, next slide. Uh, this is another example of some other houses there. Um, so uh, just to talk for a moment about the Japanese culture, um, a big part of the culture is that they are very polite and professional, um, which makes it really easy to interact with people. Uh, they tend to be very helpful, uh, but the, uh, which really for us, that's, a, that's just a, a positive all around. However, for ministry and the, the missionaries working there, uh, there is a downside to that in that people tend to be very positive to the extent that they or are very polite to the extent that they are slow to show their re real feelings or uh, form real relationships or, or to share real opinions. Um, so, yeah, now, next slide, uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, oh, yes, there was food. Lots of good food. Uh, yeah, uh, that's sushi, um, but yeah. Uh, back one. Okay, so uh, the two primary uh, religions in Japan uh, are uh, Buddhism and Shintoism, and really you could add in atheism in there because many people are quite nominal in their uh, practice of Buddhism and Shintoism. Um, this is one of the Buddhist shrines, a uh, particularly popular one there in Tokyo. And one thing that was really striking is to look at the imagery of these shrines. Um, next slide, Timothy. So this is the, the sort of thing that you will see at these shrines. Uh, and if you look that up online, uh, they will say, yes, that's a demon. Um, and uh, that's like one of the, the statues which is guarding the entrance of this shrine. So uh, it's just very striking to go there and see that the imagery that they have is that of demons and dragons and, uh, and similar things. Um, and these are the places that they go to uh, pray to their ancestors and so on. Um, so in many ways, it's openly uh, worshiping uh, really well, whatever you would say that is, a demon, uh, it would be my take on it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's differences between Buddhism and Shintoism uh, that I'm not sure that I fully understand, uh, but I don't have time to get into. Go ahead to the next slide. Um, so this is a common Shinto sh sh symbol. Um, it's called a Tori Gate. Um, these, this one here uh, is quite a massive one. Uh, this was by a shrine uh, there in Takasaki. And uh, so while this one is a big one, you will also see much smaller ones uh, all around. Uh, you'll even see, uh, like people will have in their backyard, they'll have a little cemetery and maybe a Tory gate and some other things. Go to the next one, Timothy. Um, yes, this is part of that shrine there in Takasaki. Go to the next. Uh, 
so as part of their worship at a place like this, what they would do is they will go up to this box thing, they will throw in a coin and clap and then pray. And they're like praying to their ancestors. Um, next slide. Uh, so this is basically a picture of a big rock. Uh, the, the story associated with that uh, is uh, if you look right there, they tie a bunch of ribbons there. Uh, and I think there's like a lightning rod up there. And so the, the belief is that uh, where the lightning strikes is where the god lives. So uh, in this Shinto thought, uh, it's extremely pluralistic in their, uh, or extremely polytheistic. They believe that there's many, many gods, and so they believe there's a god here. And one interesting interaction that uh, we had as part of this was uh, we were with a missionary, Ryan Day, who was, uh, was there with us, and he was talking with one of the Japanese folks that was there at this shrine, and he was saying, oh, or, or this, this lady he was speaking with was saying, oh, there, there's a God that is there. And he asked her the question, do you think God is bigger than that rock? And she just laughed at him and was like, oh, I don't know. Um, so I guess that gives a little bit of a, uh, of a window into the mindset that is pretty common in Japan that, uh, that the Japanese people are not willing to really think critically about what they believe or about uh, real questions. Um, and their view of religion is very much that I'm Japanese, so this is what I practice, this is what I do. Um, and they, uh, it's also very much ancestrally based in their worship. Go ahead to the next. Um, this is another thing that you might see in a backyard there. Uh, these are god houses. Um, they believe uh, little gods come and dwell there. So, uh, yeah, just the, the overall state of uh, Japanese society is it's stark in that there is no uh, visible Christian influence and you see that everywhere you go. Next slide. Uh, next slide. <laughs> Some You can ask me about that later. Uh, it's specific to Takasaki and it has a weird story with it. Um, so this is uh, the Little Light Church, well, the, the building where they meet for church is in the back, and then the coffee shop is there in the front. Um, so the state of the church there in Japan is also, uh, or, or it's, churches there are relatively few and far, f and far in between, and uh, the churches that are there, not all of them are solid, uh, sadly. Um, we were hearing of one church that uh, that they were essentially mixing Shintoistic beliefs with uh, biblical beliefs and and trying to trying to take passages from the Bible and say uh, therefore you need to do this these Shinto rituals. Um, so the church there in Japan uh, there's there's a lot of work to be done in terms of 
the, the share and spread of the gospel and uh, the building up of the church there. Um, so with that, I'm going to turn it over to Abby to share about uh, Little Light Church and the coffee shop. you a shot of both the coffee shop and the church. The smaller brown trailer in front is the coffee shop and the taller building behind it is what they're currently using to meet for church. So the little light coffee shop is mainly run by Josiah Noel, our missionaries, and their three workers, Mommy, Sunny, and Kat. So can you go to the next slide, please? So first up is Mommy. She was also one of my host families for the trip and she went to school with Noel and um, she's currently a barista at the coffee shop. Her English is very good and was even a translator for VBS. At the coffee shop, she's kind of training to take over for Josiah as he'll be more involved in the church um, and with the uh, different outreach. She's a mature believer and you guys would all love her. She lives right across the street from the coffee shop and that's super helpful so she can run over if it ever is in a pinch. All right, next one please. So next up is Sunny. Sunny is another barista and she's actually friends with the Hendersons and she recently started working there um, as well. She's a little bit younger than us and she's sounding like she may only be there for another year. She normally works the morning shift um, and mommy does the evening shift. However, while we were there, they switched so that Sunny could do the coffee while mommy was translating for us at VBS. And they're both very fluent in English. Um, next one, please. The next person is our pastry chef, Kat. And she's actually related to the Henderson. She's a sister-in-law to them. So she's been a great asset and does all the baking for the events and the daily menus. One thing to note um, with Kat is to be in prayer for her. She's currently waiting for her um, visa to come through. And if it's not approved, she's likely not able to stay, which would be very hard for her as she has a huge heart for Japan and has wanted to serve with her family over there for years. Um, next one, please. And then, of course, we have the cutest little worker, Shinji. And one thing to note is that in Japan, from what I could see, is that people keep to themselves a lot and don't really do the small talk thing to strangers. But being with Noelle for some of the trip, I've seen strangers come up to her and talk to her for a long time because of her cute kids, which again is um, pretty rare as Noelle was saying that that happens. So it's really cool seeing Noelle in action, faithfully talking to people and giving them cards for her coffee shop and the church there too. All right, can you go to the next one? So um, the coffee house ministry is, first of all, a shop where they can meet people and serve them coffee and goods. The Japanese culture is very big on building relationships before going, into, um, before going deep. They use the shop to build relationships and also for a variety of outreach opportunities. Mommy, Sunny, Kat, Josiah, and Noel all speak great English, which can be a huge draw and attraction in Japan. They use the coffee shop for their English cafe ministry, which Shari will talk about later. Um, in different events like music nights, pizza making night with Kat for the kids, Christmas events, and all of their church events are also advertised here as well. With the church being right behind the shop, it's very easy to tell the customers to stop in after an English lesson and go um, to the church service or come back on Sunday and join them for the bilingual church service. And for those of you who are very techie, Noelle runs an Instagram page for the coffee shop and she'll post updates and events coming up. So feel free to follow it. And when you see a post of an event coming up, be in prayer for it. Um, 
So that is a brief summary of the coffee shop. So let's transition to the Little Light Church. Um, can you go to the next one? So their church is located again right behind the coffee shop and they rent the building from a church member. When we all got there, we saw a church service that was a little bit different um, than their normal service because first of all, there was all seven of us from the Ohio team there. And then there was also a large majority of the cast from the West Side Story. That's the traveling music theater that were there. And then on top of that, we had the pastor's son. Um, he had a birthday party right after the service. So a lot of his friends and family um, were there that aren't normally there. Um, all that to say, we didn't see the typical service with um, the typical members, but it was exactly who God wanted to be there that Sunday. Um, their church service begins at 2 p.m., which um, works great because they have the English cafe happening beforehand, which gives that opportunity to invite the people there to the service. They also have a prayer meeting before the service, too. And um, the worship is held on the first floor of the building. And um, let's see. That Sunday, there was around 30 to 40 people, and it was packed. And we actually almost ran out of seats for everyone to fit. Uh, the church is led by three pastors. There's Josiah, Toadie, and then Ryan, um, and they all work together. Um, the service begins with prayers and announcements and singing. And then up here is actually a picture of the worship team. And as you'll notice, they do have guitars and pianos. Uh, the worship service is bilingual, so they have some songs that are broken down to Japanese singing and then English singing, or sometimes all Japanese or all English. Uh, and their songs are more contemporary. They have like some 90s worship songs, but they also do have hymns as well. Uh, can you do the next slide? So here's an example of uh, the music that they pass out uh, when they're about to worship. Uh, next slide, please. Okay. So we listened to a message that was delivered um, from the Word by Pastor Ryan with Pastor Toadie translating. And it sounds like they actually rotate between the two of them, um, preaching and translating. The second time we had our church service, it was unique because it was our big presentation um, with the kids in the VBS, and Toadie ended up preaching that one with Josiah translating. Um, Pastor Ryan pray, uh, faithfully preached the Word and the Gospel, and it was amazing seeing and hearing the whole thing. And God is just amazing because he's the exact same God over there at that worship service than he is here in Ohio and over in Russia. Um, so after the service, they actually break up into smaller groups for discussions on the sermon. And the church body does a great job of splitting up people in each group so that the Japanese people can talk in Japanese and have someone translate it to English. And then um, in my case, like I could talk in English and they would translate it to Japanese so they know what we're all saying. Um, so that hopefully no one's really lost in that discussion. Um, it was great hearing solid answers during this discussion time to some of the questions being asked and seeing God's work in their heart. The church body is a majority of Japanese people, but there is also a fair amount of Americans or English speakers there. A lot of people come over to get jobs um, teaching English there, and then they stick around, and then they find the church. Um, there's also noticeably a large um, number of ladies with unsaved husbands at the church. And this church is actually a little bit like Cornerstone, where the families and members come from all over, and some have a decent commute, too. A lot of the people absolutely love the bilingual service and the fact that there is English being um, spoken. It's a huge attraction, which can make it hard at times discerning the motives for people attending the church. However, God's word is being preached and discussed so the Holy Spirit can work and change their hearts. After the service, they have a fellowship time, and, af um, and after a while of fellowship, a bunch of the Japanese people go upstairs with Pastor Toadie, and they do a Bible study. Um, can you do my last slide? 
Okay. So this is one of the other church members. Her name is Yuko, and this is her husband, Takasan. Um, she is a new Christian and was the other host family I stayed with during the trip. She's a teacher and actually taught kindergarten to Pastor Ryan's kid. Um, and actually, God used that relationship to bring her to church, convict her heart, and transform her. Uh, Yuko studies faithfully, and it's so cool to hear her testimony and serve alongside this sister in Japan. Um, just like mentioned before, it's very common in the church for husbands to not know the Lord. Um, her husband, Takasan, does not believe in the Lord, and I'd pray that anytime you pray for a last family member, you would think about Takasan too and pray for him to come to saving faith. Um, that's it. All right, well, I'm very thankful to have this opportunity to give you all a brief picture of what we were able to do in Japan. Uh, so this is the first picture of the, for our English camp, or VBS as we would call it. It was structured very similar to how we might do it here at Cornerstone. And for the theme, we used the Answers in Genesis Gold Rush material, which uh, is a Western theme. Each day, we had music, games, snacks, a Bible lesson, and then we added on an English project. The camp went on for five days and lasted around three hours for each day. We had four days with the normal camp schedule, and the fifth day was on Sunday, which was done differently from the other days. In order to present the gospel to the children's parents as well, we wanted to have the kids give them a presentation, and this is where the English project was used, and we'll talk about that more shortly. Next slide. The number of kids who attended the English camp was a little over 50, but not every kid had attended each day. But it was encouraging to hear that some of the kids who were not signed up to come back the next day were asking their parents to continue bringing them. There were a few different areas that we were able to use for the different activities, which were the coffee shop, the building where the Little Light Church is held, and the community center, which is just across the street from the coffee shop. Something really neat about that was how Pastor Ryan Day went to thank some of the community leaders who were around for letting us use the community center building, and they replied by saying, no, we want to thank you for bringing the laughter and joy of the kids into the community. For the music, we had a handful of leaders, Josiah and Noel, Abby, Sam Vine, and Sam Caton. We were able to help the kids memorize one song, The Rock of Ages, and while it wasn't fully memorized, we got to teach them the miracles of Jesus as well. After the music, Sam Vine came up with a bunch of different skits for each day for us to perform, and the kids really seemed to enjoy those. Uh, the children were split into three groups. The five and six-year-olds were led by Caleb. I got to lead the seven and nine-year-olds, and the 10 to 12-year-olds were led by Nathan. Each group also had two to three Little Light Church members to help with the translation and lead the kids in the, to the different stations. In all, there were plenty of helpers. Getting to know the kids a bit personally did have its difficulties with the language barrier, but I feel like we were still able to make a connection with the majority of them. Shari was in charge of the snacks, and the kids got to try all kinds of different American treats from Skittles, Goldfish, Pop-Tarts, and Pringles, to name a few. And this was right after the kids had been outside playing games, so it was a much needed break from the heat. Next slide. Uh, so Sam Vine, he was in charge of the games, and they got to play tug of war, sharks and minnows, and do a sack race. And the games were all held outside in 100 degree heat. So there was lots of water breaks, and we kept the time short to go cool off at the coffee shop and enjoy the snacks. Next slide. Uh, Abby was in charge of the crafts with help from Sam Caton, and they got to, the kids got to decorate their own bandanas, make a little money pouch, put together their own journal, which involved some painting and lots of trying to get the paint to dry. And they also did a coloring page with a Bible verse that they could hang up on a wall. Next slide. 
Part of decorating the bandanas was to have the kids write on it different names of Jesus and learn what the names mean. From what the kids said, the crafts were probably their favorite activity. Uh, next slide. Uh, Caleb, Nathan, and I were also the teachers for the Bible lesson and English project for the group we each led. For the first Bible lesson, each kid received a gospel bracelet to give them a way to remember what was being taught that day. The leaders went through explaining what each bead on the bracelet represented. We also were able to teach them about Christ's life on earth through the miracles he performed, how his teaching proved his power and authority as God, and we taught them about his death and resurrection. The last day was about examples of people whose lives were changed by the gospel. Next slide. The gospel was able to be clearly presented to the kids through the helpers we had translating what we were teaching using, visual, using visuals such as the gospel bracelet or pictures and telling stories from the Bible kept the kids very engaged. The last thing we did with the kids was an English project. This was something they would memorize to present for their parents to show something they learned at the camp. Next slide. On the last day, which was Sunday, when Little Light Church would normally meet for worship they had rented a bigger space to hold all the people who would be in attendance. Similar to their normal church service, we sang a couple Christian songs and hymns, and the kids were brought up to sing the Rock of Ages song, and then we had them present their English project they learned. The kids recited memory verses from the Bible, what each bead on the gospel bracelet represents, and the youngest group was able to sing Jesus Loves Me. After the kids were finished presenting their uh, project to the parents, Abby and I got to share our testimonies. This was done to then transition to Pastor Toadie, who was able to preach the gospel message to the parents. Uh, so one of the things we did each day before the kids arrived for camp and after they left was all the helpers would gather together to pray. We would discuss what went well, what maybe didn't go well, and thankfully what went well usually outweighed what didn't. And on the last day of camp, we were able to pray for each kid specific by name. And I really enjoyed this time because it can be very easy to just go about doing the activities without remembering why we're doing it. It helped to bring everyone's focus back to the fact that we were doing all of this for God and not ourselves. And similar to how it went in serving with fellow believers in Russia, serving alongside those in Japan was a great joy, knowing that we all have the same values and are united in Christ. It makes it very easy to work together well, because in a way, we already know each other. And there's definitely much more I could say, but for the sake of time, I'll end it there. And if you want to hear more, please talk to me or any of the other team members we'd love to share. Thank you. I want to start by reading 1 Peter 2.9. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Uh, this was a really special trip for me. And I'm going to get emotional all of a sudden. Um, I just saw God's kindness in so many ways. Um, I, have to, I have to confess, like when Nathan first asked me if I'd go, I was like so excited because... Um, I love the Hendersons, and I thought it'd be so cool to be a part of their ministry, and I just thought it'd be really neat. And so I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to go. And then as time went on, I was like so busy with everything, and I'm like, why am I going to Japan? You know, I got a son going off to college, and there's so much going on. Like, why am I really going? Um, uh, but I'm like, I had to go because I said I was going to go. So it was kind of out of obedience that I was actually even going on this trip, and I didn't really even know much about Japan, how to say hello, like anything. But... Um, as I got there, um, I really saw God's kindness and just his providence in my life and, and goodness in, in a lot of ways. And honestly, from the second I got onto the, we, we flew over in a Japanese, with a Japanese airline, 
I just fell in love with the people. Like Nathan said, they're, they're just politeness, they're professionalness, they're businesslike. They're just a really, really neat people and just really came to love them. And um, I was just really blown away and humbled by God's um, faith, uh, just using me, kind of like what Ali said, you know, just the opportunity he gave me to proclaim him over there in a country that I knew nothing about and just really came to love them. So I was just really encouraged. So picture number one. All right, so um, Josiah told me at some point, a um, big part of what the church there felt our ministry was going to be was to our host families. And um, they placed me with this family here that is not, they weren't believers. So they um, got to be a part, or they started going to the church because they lived near one of the pastors, uh, Ryan Day, li- lived li- near, they lived near him. And um, the mom and the oldest daughter want to learn to speak English. So they just became friends with them. And um, they took me on, and I was just really blown away by them. Uh, so the, um, I bonded really quickly with the mom and the three daughters, and the dad would never really talk much, but he was always listening, and oftentimes he'd reply in Japanese as we were trying to speak in English. Um, but it was just a really sweet family. I was really blown away, too, and humbled by the way they just really, like, cared for me and um, um, really tried to bless and, and uh, encourage or take care of me while I was there. Um, So this right here is a day trip that we took, and Abby joined us on this. Um, And they got three really, really adorable kids that I'll talk about a little bit later. Go ahead, next slide. This um, is the Day family, which I think a lot of people have mentioned. He is a missionary from Virginia, uh, Ryan and his wife, Kelly. There's Ryan and Kelly. And they have three adopted kids. Um, Selah is from Virginia, and then the other three are obviously from Japan. Just a really dear family. So the two Sams stayed with him. They became known as Cap and No Cap Sam. And uh, they were really blessed. We drove each day. We're about 30 minutes from the Little Light. And so we drove every day with Ryan. And he explained a lot of the Japanese culture and um, just a really dear family. So keep praying for them. I'm sure Nathan will talk about them more in the future. Um, So, um, so again, I was a little bit nervous going into this, um, staying with this family. They weren't believers, not great at speaking English. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but again, was just really encouraged and really came to love them. Um, go ahead to the next picture. Uh, here is just like on our second day. Um, Nagisa is the older daughter. She spoke really good English, like not even an accent, and it was mostly all from watching TV. Um, Ka- Kaora is the second little girl. She's about three. And she was just adorable. And then uh, Hiroko was the little boy. They were just really, really sweet. Um, so we're here at a grocery store, like on the second day we were there. Go ahead, next slide. Um, so this is one thing I want to mention about them. Uh, Nagisa was really enthralled with the, my Bible and the fact I was reading my Bible. And she was always asking questions about it. So I was able to give that to her on the last day before I was leaving. And uh, she was just really uh, happy about that. And so I'm really encouraged and praying for her. And then I. I offered it to her mom, but her mom didn't know English well enough to read it, but I encouraged her to start reading, um, just to find a Japanese Bible, or maybe even download on her phone and start reading in the New Testament. I encouraged her to read in the book of John. I didn't say anything more than that because the Bible's, uh, chap- uh, the bu- books of the Bible are named different things in Japan, like John, I think, is actually Joseph, and just confusing things. So, But uh, I did a video call with them after I got home with my host family, and uh, she had driven to the coffee shop. It's like a 30-minute drive, and she took all of her kids, and that's an experience in and of itself. And um, 
to find out more about this. So the barista's mommy was able to explain to her, sure, where the New Testament was and where the book of John was and just kind of answer a lot of those questions and get her going. So it's just really encouraging that she had that desire to learn, like, let me find out how do I start reading and knowing this God better. And so keep praying. Appreciate you to pray for them. I'm going to plan on keeping on contact. We text back and forth all the time and um, hopefully just keep in contact with that. So next slide. So um, the first ministry I want to talk about is English Cafe. And honestly, this was probably my favorite ministry that we did. It's super cool. Um, so people come to the, co uh, the coffee shop just to speak English for this ministry. And um, they print out a series of questions for people, whoever's sitting down with them, to uh, go through. And um, there were so many people that came. We got to do this twice during the time we were there. The first time. They had to spread out not only just in the coffee shop, but all over the church talking with folks. Um, and so like some of the questions, normally the questions are not very direct leading into the gospel. It's more just like um, Abby said, they're just trying to build relationships and get to know people. But with us, they give us more questions that would lead us straight into the gospel. So like one of the questions is, what is your personality like? And um, the next one was, how has your personality changed from when you were a child? which is really cool. The first um, English cafe I was placed with this mom and she just flat out said, and this is not normal, like people have said, the Japanese culture is very, they, they conceal their struggles and their sin. They don't just go out and write it, outright and share it. But she's like, you know, I used to be a really nice person, but now I'm a mom and I find myself getting angry with my daughter and I don't like what I'm seeing. And so it really gave me a wide open door to talk about sin and which again is not normal in Japan and um, just the, the, how Christ can um, come, you know, uh, just how Christ, how she, I guess, basically to show her need for Christ and to share the gospel with her. So it was an incredible opportunity. Go ahead, next slide. Wait, wait, sorry, go back. <laughs> so this is the coffee shop, um, and here you can see, like, in the back left corner, is that the thing? There's Sam. They always put, like, one of us Americans with one of the translators. And, um, and then those two, actually he's a missionary too, but they, and then, so these three were talking with this gentleman here, and here you see Caleb talking with a few people. And again, that's in the coffee shop. Next slide. And again, here you see Nathan, and that's actually with Leo, my host, host person. And then next slide. Here's Matthew with a couple people. Um, so you can see how it just really creates an intimate environment where you can sit down, the coffee shop, they order drinks and they bring the drinks around and you just kind of get to sit in dialogue. Um, and then one of the other questions that was on this was really cool, again, just a great opportunity to share your testimony is share about an experience that changed who you are today. Um, next slide. So this was the mom I was placed with the second time we did English Cafe. And uh, she had said she wanted to come to this English Cafe for like a year but her husband worked a lot of hours, which again is a very normal thing in Japan. Um, and so she, and she had two twin girls, and so she never had anybody that could watch the kids so she could come to this English cafe. But she heard her, there was a seven Americans coming to the coffee shop to do this, and so she's like, okay, I've got to go. And so she just brought her kids with her, and they were fine. But I had a great opportunity just to share the gospel with her, invite her back to church, told her the church was bilingual, and um, she seemed... I'm really excited about that. And as they've said, usually the English cafe is right before the church service. So they oftentimes will be able to invite people. And I know some other people on our team members invited people and they actually stayed for church after that. And so hopefully she's going to come back and go to a church service. But um, English cafe was super cool. 
the next ministry I'm going to talk about is our middle school. We had two um, mornings where we went to this middle school, and um, Little Light hadn't had any interactions with this middle school in the past, but Josiah reached out to them, told us we were coming to Takasaki, and um, in hopes of building a relationship with this middle school to have future opportunities with them. And we had a great time. Um, the first morning we met with these middle school boys, and then the next, go ahead, next slide. Uh, we met with the girls, and uh, next slide. Here's some of the boys. So you can just kind of get a feel a little bit of the classrooms. Abby said they're totally different from American classrooms. Um, but we had a great time with them. Uh, we didn't really know the first time we went, um, we didn't really know at all what we were going to do. Um, Josiah wings it a little bit, and um, God just totally gave us a great time with them. We started off just by sharing a little bit about ourselves as a team, um, or as individuals, and then we broke up individually with small groups with the kids and um, talked about just conversation like what's different between Japan and America and just had some dialogue. And then we played a really fun game where you had to link arms with one of the middle school kids and they were pretty timid. But um, it was kind of like musical chairs when Josiah called out something. If that fitted, fit either one of you guys, you had to move to an open chair and hopefully you found one. So it was a really great time and I, the principal was very encouraged. Go ahead, next slide, with our time with them. This is a little bit hard to see, but um, after, just as we were coming home, Noel sent this to us, and he had done like a three-page with pictures and articles about us visiting that school that he sent out to all of their community that, of parents that come to this or send their kids to the school. And um, so it, I think it's turned out to be a really positive connection for the team there. So that top picture is um, each time we went each morning, we spent like 30 minutes talking to the principal, drinking some barley tea, and. Uh, just kind of chatting with him. That was really fun. And then here we are introducing ourselves. And then here you can see a little bit of a small group discussion with the kids. But it was great. Um, all right, next picture. Oh, here's some more. So here we are playing the game and uh, small groups. So next picture. All right, and then the last ministry I'm going to talk about is our music night. Um, this is another way the Hendersons just created an opportunity to build relationships and share the gospel. So they had a, what's called a music night where a variety of people played their instruments. Um, Sam Caden opened the night with playing the piano, and then Josiah did a, uh, multiple numbers. Here he is with Noel and one of the church members. Next slide. Here he is. Uh, this was an American gentleman that I think was there doing work, but he was really good. It was fun to listen to him. And then the next one. My personal favorite was uh, Sam and Caleb did a, did a couple numbers, and they were, they were really good. It was fun. Um, and then after this, next slide, uh, I had the opportunity to share my testimony, and Toti, Pastor Toti uh, translated. We were over at the coffee shop for that, and Yuko had dressed us up that night. So that was a real blessing to get to do that. So um, obviously it was a really incredible blessing to go on the trip. I think my favorite moments while being there were the church services, like um, Abby talked about. It's just so incredible when you're sitting in a church service and a little bit of English, a little bit of Japanese, singing, all worshiping the same God. It's just such a, um, just blows your mind and uh, super encouraging. So thank you. All right, so 
If you haven't noticed, uh, we could probably talk about this all night, but uh, I assume you all would like to uh, have some of the, the wonderful food that's been prepared out there at some point. So before we close, um, I'm going to go over a few different prayer requests uh, related to the Little Light Church and uh, the ministry there. Um, so uh, first of all, uh, one, a couple big ones uh, for the church is that, uh, so here we have a picture of Ryan and Toti. Um, Ryan is uh, his mission, uh, so the, the sending agency uh, which has sent him to Japan. They're actually reassigning him and his family to another area of Japan. So uh, I believe that's taking place uh, in September, October, somewhere around that time, uh, that he and his family will be moving um, to another area of Japan. Uh, and so they won't be able to be part of the ministry there. So uh, I'd encourage you to uh, pray for their family as they're moving and uh, transitioning to a min new ministry. But uh, also pray for Josiah and Toti. Uh, next picture, I think that's Josiah and Toti. Yeah. Um, this is where uh, Toti is sharing the gospel and Josiah is translating into English. Uh, pray for Josiah and Toti as uh, the, the responsibility of leading the church will fall to them. Um, right now, there's three of them uh, that are sharing the leadership of the church. And uh, once Ryan uh, goes to, a, uh, moves away, um, they will be leading the church together. And uh, I guess just the, the days are a really uh, great family. They're involved in a lot of different ministries. Um, and uh, that will be just a significant adjustment for the church. So be in prayer for the church um, as the days are moving away. Uh, next picture. So uh, the next big prayer request for the church is that they need a new facility. Um, if you go there and you look at the, the space that they have to worship in, um, some of you are, uh, if you're not new here, you know that Cornerstone has uh, had some challenges with space. Well, uh, the building that they have right now is about can can fit about 30 to 40 people uh, and and it's full so it's quite a small space however um, even that space their rent uh, uh, their lease on that is ending here in October and their landlord uh, is not extending that lease um, it's sort of a complicated situation because it's the the landlord is a uh, unbelieving husband of one of the church members uh, there. So uh, the, the, the result is that they will need to move to a new building. And so next slide, there's a couple different possibilities for that. Um, one is the community center. This is where we did some of the VBS uh, was in this building. And uh, traditionally the community center can't be used for church events or that sort of thing. Um, however, uh, God gave us kindness in the hearts of the men who are like in charge of the community center. Next slide. I think I have a picture of them here. Yeah, these are the, the men who, um, because of these men, 
we were able to use the community center for the VBS. Um, so I guess you could be praying that perhaps uh, these men would allow the church to meet uh, in that community center um, or uh, that, that the Lord would provide uh, a space that is affordable for the church to uh, rent uh, so that they can have a space to meet and uh, do Bible studies and things like that. Uh, next slide. Uh, next. This is another place they could potentially meet, but I won't talk about them more. Uh, uh, Abby mentioned this. Um, this is uh, another prayer request for the Little Light Coffee Shop and um, and just the ministry overall there is uh, Kat getting her visa uh, to be able to stay in Japan and work there with the coffee shop. Uh, that's another thing you can be praying for. Um, she's a big part of the ministry there in the coffee shop. Um, and then, next slide. Uh, another thing you can be praying for is just the church. Um, Abby talked about how uh, a number of, uh, the, there's a number of ladies who have unbelieving husbands. Um, and I think uh, just overall, uh, a, a great prayer would be that uh, God would uh, call up um, godly families and godly men who will uh, lead the church because um, while there's many uh, wonderful believers there in the church, and this is just a picture of, of some of the fellowship uh, after Sunday service. Um, so while there's many wonderful believers there, uh, there aren't that many uh, examples of husbands and wives and families that are living together in faithfulness um, as examples for uh, for men and women and and uh, for younger men to look up to and and younger women to look up to. So I think that's that's a a, a big prayer is just for the overall strengthening of the church and the strength strengthening of families there. Um, next slide. Um, so yeah, uh, with those prayer requests, I'd like to thank you for all your support and uh, prayers and everything. Um, so I would enc absolutely encourage you to pray for the ministry there in Japan um, and consider going next year, uh, should the Lord uh, allow there to be a trip next year. Um, and uh, yeah, with that, I'll open it up for questions. Uh, and could I also have uh, Shari, Matthew, Abby come up here? So um, we have some handheld microphones. So if I know we're running late on time, but if you have questions, go ahead and ask, and we'll give you a microphone. Shame on you. <laughs> okay, I had a hard time with the food. I love the people, but not the food. What do you want more than that? So I did, I did try, I ate uh, fried, what was that? Fried uh, squid. Are you thankful? Was it but squid or eel? It was, oh, I, I tried eel. That was not as good. It was from the fish market too, so that was not good. But um, yeah, my host family loved food and she really wanted to cook for me, so I was trying really hard. But they wrap everything in seaweed. 
And if you guys have ever had sushi and stuff, you know what I'm talking about. And I just had a really hard time with that. And I'm not a good, I felt like I was like three years old and I was back to like, you know, gagging and all that kind of stuff. But one morning, one morning she had made me this rice ball and she, it was great until she wrapped it in seaweed. And so I would eat a little bit of rice and then their, their little boy always loved food. And so I would just take the seaweed and give it to him. <laughs> Worked out really good. But there was a lot, if I was living in Japan, like I could totally survive. There's a lot of really good food, a lot of good fruits and um, uh, chicken and uh, pork and stuff. Everybody else was awesome. I think I was the only one that struggled with the food, but any other good questions? <laughs> uh, yeah, the coffee shop. So this is where it gets complicated because it's like one person owns the parking lot, one par person owns the building, which is right next to it, and one person owns the other parking lot, which is right next to it. But the short answer is the coffee shop will be able to stay where it is. Uh, the, the church and, oh, the community center? Uh, the community center is uh, sort of like across the street and uh, and like a, a building away. So it would be close, but not not totally next door like it is right now. Right, right. Yeah, and that is part of their desire to uh, be able to continue to be in that community um, uh, so that you know, they can be ministering to the people who, uh, who are right there. Other questions? So it was interesting just to, I've never traveled outside of the country before besides Canada just for like a few days. And so it was interesting to, just experience a different culture and kind of understand like their mindset of everything. Um, so it was humbling because, I mean, sometimes like a lot of us, like we know a lot of the answers for um, just different questions, but kind of learning how to like rephrase that so that, you know, they could understand, that was super interesting. And just being able to talk with the people over there, that was super encouraging as well, so yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure this is directly answering your question, but I was just really encouraged by the Hendersons and their uh, their ministry there. They're um, they're absolutely just driven and and ministering in a lot of different areas and and just always taking every opportunity that the Lord presents them. So in that, I think they're a great example. They were also a really good example of prayer. Like, I think oftentimes we were ready, like, okay, let's just go do this. And they would all be, I would say, like, okay, let's pray. Let's stop and pray before this starts. And so that was a huge encouragement as well. Other questions? We did. Uh, so for those of you that aren't aware, uh, on the way there, uh, because of some flight delays, Sam... Uh, who was flying out of Kansas City, uh, since that's where he was living for the summer, uh, ended up getting to Japan about eight hours after the rest of us did, and then 
uh, on our way back uh, home, uh, there was a storm that popped up and flights got canceled. So rather than getting back on the afternoon of the 7th, uh, we stayed a night in DC, uh, courtesy of United, and, uh, and then flew home the next morning. And most of our bags didn't initially make it, but eventually they arrived, thankfully. All right, uh, with that, I think we'll close it. Uh, we're happy to answer other questions, um, but so come talk to us. Thank you.